Thanks for subscribing to KHOL and listening to the Teton Sports Talk podcast, the number one sports talk show in the great state of Wyoming. Sports fans, it is Teton Sports Talk here on 89.1 KHOL, and it is Friday. We're going to help you get a little closer to your weekend, and by we, special guest in the house, our producer Hi guys is coming, ladies. coming from outside of the veil and getting in front of her micro, microphone. They're, this they're is desperate. Adele Smith. Howdy, everyone. And I'm your host, Massey Seaman, and it's a packed show. Super packed lineup. There is too much to talk about to go into, but I would like... I would like to start this show off with a little fun nougat of information. What you got? Can you guess? You know the who the college football team that has the longest winning streak right now. It's obvious. It's LSU. LSU. Can you guess the second team with the second longest winning streak in college football right now? You're not going to be. I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that. And the answer is no. I can limit I mean, it geographically. Are you saying, I mean, Clemson, obviously, but no, they, they just lost. They lost. Right. So, the longest winning streak as it stands right now belongs to the Tennessee Volunteers. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah, I uh, Would, did not see that coming. Did, well, I sent the little nugget to Morgan Cox. He plays for the Ravens. He also long snapped for the Tennessee Titans, and they lost to Derrick Henry last week. And to by they lost to Derrick Henry. That's exactly who they lost to. Um, <laughs> And it made him, I think it made him feel better. He gave me a little like, you know, he was like, I'm depressingly rolling through, scrolling through Instagram. Here's a pity like. Thank you, Massey, for making my day a little warmer. But I found it interesting. Jeremy Pruitt, former Alabama assistant, just like every other head coach in the country at this point. Good for you. That's, you know what? It's good for Tennessee to have a positive stat out there. They haven't been excited about anything since. Peyton Manning, you know, so no, let's give it to what him. Was, who was just after T. Martin? Was after well, T. Martin before or after Peyton Manning? I mean, I guess they won the national championship the year after Peyton Manning left. So whatever the year after that was, and that's then, probably the last bit of their excitement. Then Phil Former just ate so much he couldn't stand on the sideline anymore. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Here yeah. we are. Um, it's also, it's also, now maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. I think, I think it's worth pointing out a couple things we missed last week because we were interviewing Morgan Cox. But fat face Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, <laughs> his nemesis is now Mike Leach, and I cannot wait. I've got a friend that lives in Oxford, and she said everyone is embracing Lane Kiffin, and the new slogan is the Lane Train coming through. The Lane and Train. It's painted on the sides of buildings. People are getting license plates. People in Oxford are pumped up about the Lane Train. Wait till wait till Lane Kiffin is at the alumni dinner and is trying to take home your daughter to get. <laughs> don't get too fired up on Lane Kiffin when he's like, "Oh, the alumni association, let's go fishing." I mean, Lane Kiffin has no shame. Yeah, I mean, they can Ole Miss can look past some things as we've seen. You know, once it gets out in the open, they've got to do something about it. But I think they're going to embrace the personality. Does Mississippi know how weird Mike Leach is? Are they ready for that? I don't think they care. Mississippi State is looking for anything and everything. I'm a little bit surprised he wanted to leave Washington, honestly. I mean, Starkville, I 
I don't know a lot of things about Starkville, but it's out of all the places to go in the SEC, I'm not sure that's where I would have chosen if there was an opportunity. But he, he got a, he got gypped out of the Tennessee job because they even flew the athletic director from Tennessee way back when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, which was two years ago, three years ago. Um, flew out to Washington State to get Mike Leach. He flew back and they fired him. Are and you so, uh, and so, are you tracking planes now, Master? Yeah, are you yeah, following all, aviation all, patterns just to see the? I got a guy. He sends them to me. I personally don't do gotcha. it, but I got someone planted in the system. But it is it is. Look at the SEC West right now: Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, Coach O, Nick Saban. That Powerhouse. Is, it, that, there's there's three national championship coaches right there. With Mike Leach is kind of being. He is the ultimate spoiler. Everywhere he's gone, he just goes and spoils people's seasons. What do they call him? The pirate out of Washington? Yeah. he. What is Nick Saban has five national championships. Uh, Gus Malzahn, national championship. Jimbo Fisher, national championship at FSU. Does Gus Malzahn have one? Is it Gene Chizik? Who was Cam Newton's coach? That guy got fired, didn't he? They honestly, they look the same. I uh, forgot. I, I forgot where Gene Chizik ended and Gus Malzahn began because they both probably You're wore right. the crappy Mop visors, turtleneck, and sweater vest with no sleeves, and have some sort of high school offense where the best player gets the <laughs> ball and see what happens. That's right. Then who do, who else is there? Ed Ogeron, Lane the, Kiffin, Pittman at Arkansas. Oh yeah, Arkansas. I didn't know they were still a thing. It's good to see they them. They took the offensive line coach from Georgia. That is who. Who Man. knows that? Someone married to a, a very enthusiastic Georgia fan. Well, I, I did know that, and then it got deleted from my memory. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> yeah, a head coaching hire. Like, yeah. this poor guy just is <laughs> going to live in the mayor's mansion in Fayetteville for a little while and then is go on his way. It's a little stepping stone. Revolving door. Why don't you go ahead and get some experience over there at Arkansas, said one of his supervisors. <laughs> you know what would be good for you, a head coaching job? Oh, really? Yeah, but like in Arkansas or UTAP or something. Don't go crazy. Then you're going to have to go out west for a little bit, get some more on your resume, some mm-hmm. wins against some lesser teams, Yeah. and then you'll come back in a few years and you know dominate somewhere else. Mountain West, Sun Belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it for you. Um, let's huddle up. This is, let's do it. This is a weekly thing. Just like this podcast, download our podcast under T-Town Sports Talk. Good news of the week, critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, and quote slash question of the week. So there's four categories four this categories. week. Four categories, okay. Um, my good news of the week is relayed, was relayed to me by Graham Trainer, the other co-host. And he said, the Astros getting in trouble was good news. But I don't really follow baseball. But the Astros have been stealing signals and slamming garbage cans down every changeup or something, and the MLB threw the book at them. I um, this was actually what I was my stuck on this week, so we'll just parlay it right into that. Okay. Um, I'm stuck on it. I I read actually I read up on it today because I wasn't entirely sure what was going on with it, but um, apparently, and don't quote me on any of this, America, but uh. The MLB has just been like giving a wink and a nod to people stealing signs this whole time since it seemed, whenever. And the now dawn, the dawn of sports. They gave them a warning because they had equipment in the outfield that was a live stream into the dugout, and the dugout was um, motioning to the batters in various ways, including banging trash cans about which pitch was coming. But I'm stuck on it because yeah, they got the the book thrown at them by the MLB, kind of five million dollars for lost draft picks. No players got in trouble. The managers of the Astros and the general manager got fired, and then the manager of the Red Sox got fired, and then the 
Mets manager. I mean, it retired, but or stepped down, but he also got fired. So it's like, I, I don't, I don't really know. Is it enough to persuade another team from not cheating? I don't know. Yeah, the Astros made it to two straight World Series. I don't. It's like, what? What did you want us to do? Right. Has I, Bill Belichick stopped cheating? I love the argument. Well, they got caught cheating before, so they're not going to do it again. Yeah, yeah they are. right. I, it works. The thing that I cheating am stuck works. on because how I got through college. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is a why is baseball more so than the NFL and the NBA? have to cheat to to get an edge and the other thing is like i don't know if i'm necessarily against this way of cheating i'm more for like i'm kind of like laissez-faire hands off if there's a team that's out there trying to get a competitive edge then fine it should be up to the pitcher and the catcher to figure out a different way to convey signals if they can use buzzers and they can use earpieces then like why can't they get more defensive about the way that they're telling instead of projecting to an entire world what pitch they're going to pitch like figure out a different system oh i'm sorry the 1920 system but between the number between your legs doesn't work anymore right exactly figure something else out i'm there yeah so i don't know i'm in a place where i don't necessarily agree with steroids obviously because it's harming like individual people but Finding a team, it's technology is only getting more advanced. So you're either going to have to embrace it and let the people that are getting kind of screwed figure it out themselves how to get a competitive edge, or you're going to have to be hands off. Cheating know. pushes the envelope. <laughs> you know, but was it really cheating? I thought it was. I don't know. That's why they that's make laws. They're like, mm, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Your yeah, moral compass is off, and we're going to create a law against it. I didn't. I don't know the exact rules. That's the other thing. Is maybe it is specifically in the rule book that you can't look at signs. It's like card counting in blackjack. If you're smart enough to be able to do that, then you should be able to do that. It really, it really is. It's it's one of those things where it's like I'm I'm good at it. So now you want to make it illegal, right? I don't so, know. I'm good at stealing know. something. I, don't I mean, know. I think cheating is bad. I think lying is bad. But still, I don't think like getting a pen and badge is. I don't know. Depends which way. Shades of gray. Who Shades knows? of gray. And, and leave it to baseball to announce this the week before the NFC AFC championship game. They get lost so much in the mix. I'm like baseball, you have so many dates to choose. Don't choose to announce something on NFL draft day. Oh no! Go went ahead and announced the Cy Young Award winners <laughs> oh, the so Sunday of an NFL playoff game. They need help. Well, we did. They aren't testing for marijuana anymore. So you got that right. I did. They did get ahead of that. It does seem like they're stuck so far behind and like looking back that they need to probably embrace looking it's forward Ameri- a little It's bit America's more. game. It's America. It was Sn- America's game. Yeah. Have you seen seen football? Anybody Have you seen, seen basketball? NFL? <laughs> I mean, we're not watching cricket for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, critical number of the week. I'm going to. Oh, wait, do you want me to go back to my good news of the week? Oh, we already – have we been talking – okay, you're – sorry, that, your good news I of the was, week. Your mm-hmm. good news of the week was something yeah. that I was stuck All on. right, talk to me. Good news of the week. Good news of the week is a little off base of, from sports, but um, I just read on the 10th last week, I guess, Friday, that legendary guitarist and founding member of the Grateful Dead, Bob Weir, will be headlining the 7th annual Jackson Hole Rendezvous Festival. And this new what? band, the Wolf Bros. Wait, okay, yeah. back up. So, That's my good news of the week. Headlining. Headlining. Where What happened to Zach Brown? <laughs> I guess he's not available. I don't understand. It's clearly, they're, you know, I don't know where Michael Franti is either. But <laughs> Michael Franti. I've said this story a thousand times, and we'll eventually go back to your point. But I watched, it was a warm spring day before Michael Franti came out. I was sitting, you know, doing my ski thing and drinking some beers outside of TVS, just looking at the crowd. And this girl in a, like, 
midriff showing, very lacy uh, top with a very lacy bottom and uh, like flip flops on, basically like sandals. You know those. I don't know what else to call them besides like the, they wore them, the Spartans, Spartans wore them back in the day. Tile <laughs> yeah, gladiator, sandal, gladiator sandals. sandals. Yeah. And I was like, Mazzy's um, human known for his fashion expertise. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, well, she gotcha. walked past me and held up a sign that said, be the change that you want to see in the world. And I was like, that's nice and all, but you don't have a single bit of puffy or Gore-Tex <laughs> on. And when that sun goes behind that mountain, you're going to regret your decisions. It's going to be 40 degrees colder. But no, nothing could stop her from showing up to a Michael Franti concert, <laughs> going full in. But okay, so let's back up. Rendezvous Fest, Grateful Dead, and their their band name is the Wolfpack? Uh, Wolf Bros with Bob Weir. Even better. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm actually excited about this. I'm, I wasn't a huge Zach Brown fan, uh, but Bob Weir I can get into. All right. Bob Weir. That's news yeah, to me. Exactly. Uh, my critical number of the week is 69%. Ooh. Percent. Oh, <laughs> of yards from the line of scrimmage. Can you guess who produces 69% of the yards from scrimmage for one team? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. This man is a man bear pig. And he's, I would only have to assume that he giggles every time on right around his 45th rush yard, rushing attempt of the game. Just look at that safety and just the fear in that safety eyes. It's like, <laughs> I was trying to think <laughs> this of- is going to be so good what to compare Derrick Henry to. And I was thinking all these things. I was like, it's kind of like if a snowplow ran through like a middle school dance or something. That's like what he looks like. That's probably terrible, but it's like he is on, he looks unstoppable. That was actually, he was my critical number for the week. I mean, how could you not? The biggest stories of the week are obviously Joe Burrow and Derrick Henry, but mine was, he's done 180 running yards in the last three games, first player in NFL history to have more than 180 yards in three games. He's got, what was he, 195 on Saturday? Yeah. Uh, more yards through four playoff games than any player in history. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just a beast. What other critical number? I mean, did you have you seen any of his high school stats? I know people are looking back at him. but uh, I've heard about him. Do you know any off the top of your head? I, I, was, I was looking at him earlier, but it's like he would have games where you would have in the 60s for carries and, like, in the 400s for yards. Could and, you imagine those poor kids trying to tackle Derrick Henry when he's a full-grown man at age 17? Right. He was, like, 280 pounds in freshman year of high school. I did look back briefly. I made some, you know, some claim that I knew some stat um, <laughs> about Derrick Henry. Don't quote us is the record here. But I went back and looked at when he was playing for Alabama and the amount of carries he's had between playing Auburn in Florida, and he had 45-plus carries against both teams in back-to-back weeks. That's 90 times carrying the ball. That's insane. It is insane. Oh, another critical number, Joe Burrow's over for pass yards in the National Championship game. Vegas spotted him at 330. He had 450. Jeez. The the image of Joe Burrow smoking a cigar with his legs crossed – like obviously waiting for an interview he's like in the green room so to speak and he has got that bully haircut that he looks like (laughs) from greece unbelievable unbelievable i don't know why i like him so much but i like him so much i I just i don't mind the cockiness and the swag since he can back it up you know if you don't have it to back it up it bothers me but if you just come off a unbelievable run like that it's like flaunt it he's a 23 year old kid just Played his last game and therefore doesn't have to go to college anymore and is about to get drafted, probably number one. If the Bengals don't screw this up, Bengals, great quote from the Bengals. This is not my quote of the week, but checks off some boxes was uh, what Bengals, Bengals 
office said. Joe Burrow checks some boxes off. Just a few. Shit, the Bengals. Y'all might just want to start that over. Y'all might just want to burn that to the ground and just start it over. Start it. Is there another small town in the Midwest that can afford an NFL team? There's like 10 in Ohio. To emerge from obscurity in some way or the other. And they know this is their ticket. They're just trying to play it cool. Yeah, they're like, no, we don't, no. We don't want you that much. We've yeah. got other options. Cool, cool, man. We'll, we'll, we'll play it cool. Yeah, right. Um, Something, uh, no, you're critical. You've already done your critical number. Something that you're stuck on. Go ahead and lead with that. Mine was Astros. The, oh, the, that's the right. cheating scandal. I can't decide if I'm mad that they're cheating and they're getting in trouble for it. I'm happy about, or I can't decide if whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't. You, it, baseball needs to advance. <laughs> Something that I'm stuck on. I had a couple different things. Uh, UVA stinks. <sighs> UVA basketball, defending champion. It does not get old <sighs> every time the broadcast comes on. Two years ago, every time the broadcast come <sighs> on, they said, and this team, although highly talented, did lose to UMBC in the first round. So <sighs> Tony Bennett is looking to rebound. This year, every time they take the court, the defending national champions would take the court for mm. against your, what was it? Who was it last night? Not Boston College, FSU, FSU. against your FSU Brutal. Seminoles, and it looked, it looked like a struggle. They played well. They still play hard, but it's going to be hard to go from national champions to bubble the fringe. It's tough. It's a fall. It it it's tough to watch because you know enthusiasm is high, and it's just. It's not there this year. We're missing some pieces. Yeah, like rebuilding year. Something yeah, maybe offense. We had three three pointers last night. One went off the glass. Another rattled in, and one actually hit nothing but net. And it's just strange. You're like, just we've been here before, though. We've been here before. As we'll a fan base, back. as a fan base, we've hit farther rock bottom than this. Right? How how we've forgotten so quickly the 32 years before last year? Sure, <laughs> that shaped our UVA fandom. <laughs> Deleted. Just pushed a couple of buttons, and I was like, I'm done with that memory bank. <laughs> oh, Travis forever, Scott. Right? <laughs> don't even know if Sylvan Landisberg. Forget it. Um, your quote uh, quote slash question of the week. Uh, my quote is from well, there's uh, from Ed Ogeron from the LSU Ed Ogeron. coach, Raging Cajun. Um, something to the effect of, I was reading a recruiting story where he came uh, to a to a kid's house and immediately asked the mom, "Where's the gumbo?" And the mom was like, "I didn't make gumbo." And he goes, "I'm going on 20 recruiting trips. I expect 20 gumbos, <laughs> something <laughs> like that." And then the other one was when he was at Syracuse. Uh, he was out uh, before the team, you know, practicing before the team's practice and he was warming up. He's doing sit-ups and push-ups. And one of the other guys asked me, said, Ed, you know, you're in pretty good shape. What, uh, what are you doing out here? He's full of energy. And he said, what did he say? He said, son, the day that I can't whoop a man's ass is the day I don't get out of bed. So there he is. All right. He's there to win. He's hardworking. There to whoop someone's ass. He, um... Accepting the trophy, I actually got a good look at his face instead of him like yelling on the sideline. His nose is needs to be get back in line. He's spent way too many hours in the sun. It's in the sun, and it's probably probably broken. <laughs> he needs to just like, hey, it's a hard gentleman. You mind just putting this back in line? And he just looked. There was so much Dabo Sweeney during the national. I felt like there was more Dabo Sweeney in the, during the national championship than there was at Ogeron. There was so many shots of. 
Dabo sweeting the sideline being Dabo. Right. Which was a lot of consoling, which I guess is what you had to do. Sadness. Which really, also what's really funny is the storylines they got into because it was such a blowout. You know how during some sort of random game, they're like, and you wouldn't believe it. That kid's father actually taught him peewee football. Look, <laughs> we got some rare footage of this player. They had to do that the whole national championship. They were just finding different storylines. Oh, especially towards the end there when it was obvious what was happening. And they even knelt it down. I mean, should we three. get straight into the – what else do we have? Oh, that's so a, what's your this, quote of the week? So should my we quote, get into the national championship? This or? is where this is leading. My, my, it's not a quote, so I have a question of the week, and it's what was that security guard slash cop doing in the LSU locker room? <laughs> and if you haven't seen this video, it is so perplexing on what is going on. I went back. I read through the comments. I played it back over and over again. The main story is that OBJ, who has overserved himself, Ugh, maybe, maybe a little, maybe in some of the black markets type categories, but he is fired up. He's also handing out money in, front, the, of, in front of video, I mean, in front of video cameras, in front of cameras yeah, on the, the field. 50 yard line is handing yeah. receivers this $100 bill. I don't hate the move. No, but I respect it. Some but discrepancy might have been in order. Yeah, you, you know, there's Venmo. Just Venmo the guy. <laughs> um, you don't have to do it in front of national television. Um, Point is, so I'll try to briefly describe this video. A security guard is getting onto an LSU player about, I think, smoking a cigar, and the LSU player picks up the Gatorade bottle where he has snuffed out the cigar into it. Yeah. And is like, hey, this is it. And while he's doing that, OBJ comes and slaps him on the butt. Yeah. And he clearly is like upset, but it's like, it's OBJ. In a national championship locker room, after the national after in the winning team's locker room, what first off, what are you doing in there? And it's a locker room. It's like the most private place. See, they're pressing charges. Do you, they're, they're do you like, go look, into the women's locker room like, hey, what's all this women folk doing in here? <laughs> no, you don't. The same thing after winning a big game. You don't go, I'm just going to go enforce rules on those boys. They need some discipline. It's like, no, discipline oh, is over. This is it. This is the championship. We win. Deal with it later. Yeah, it's it, also it's New Orleans. I mean, what what kind of police some... officer is upset about getting a slap on the behind in a New Orleans stadium winning environment? Like yeah. he must have been put through more than that. Yeah. It's unbelievable. No one's yeah. getting shot. No one's getting stabbed. Yeah. No one's throwing up on you because of Bourbon Street. You went into a raucous environment. You're you're lucky you made it out of there. You know, not because they would target you, just because it's so – there's a 150 jacked-up football players that just won the national championship. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you expect? Super pumped-up college dudes. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to show those guys a lesson. You better put out your cigar, sir. Hey, this, this is a stadium is a no, rule. No smoking environment in here. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, it, Hall Monitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's an RA in his dorm. <laughs> fulfilling his dream. Yeah. He was like, man – can't wait for tonight. <laughs> go in there and regulate. And those guys are going to have to listen to me because I have a badge sewn onto my shirt here. Yeah. I think it was taped on. I think it was a security guard. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, th- it was unbelievable. And now the headlines, you know, are saying that the the New Orleans police forces are looking for battering assault charges against OBJ. Leave it up to a cow. Is, is he a Cowboys player? OBJ? No, he's Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Well, anyway, leave it up to him to make so many headlines about him when it's really about a bunch of college kids this That's, whole night. I think there I think there's an element of that that crossed my mind. Oh, he should have he shouldn't have called so much attention to himself, but He's whatever. also just a showboating son of a gun. Yeah, you know, that's like, just how he rolls. What do you what do you expect? OBJ was on the sideline like 
getting fired up. <laughs> Pumped about his boys. He hasn't won a lot of games in Cleveland, yeah, okay? This is the closest he'll ever get to any sort of it's title. It's off-season. So. <laughs> and look what Julian Edelman did. You know, Julian <laughs> Edelman smashed in someone in his Mercedes hood. So, like, a couple... S- I think that actually helped Julian there, Edelman's streak. There is more grab-ass going on in the locker If you wanted to put a number on the amount of grab-ass that goes on in the locker room, it'd be in the millions. And you just happen to get in the way. Like... <laughs> Excuse yourself. You should yeah. have been like, oh, you know, know what? Know your place. Stay in your lane. Stay Come in on. your lane. Whoever, You're you... supposed to stand there and keep the lady, the screaming fan ladies out of the locker room and yeah. the reporters away from mobbing the stars. You're not supposed to be, you know, in there. I'm sorry enforcing. you're a dishonor- dishonorably discharged mall cop. Like, I don't know what else to tell. I, I know you feel weak without your segue, but you're going to have to. You're going to have to get over it. <laughs> Sports fans, when we come back, we got some NFL to discuss. I'm your host, Matt Seaman. To my le- left, Adele Smith, the producer of the show. Out from behind the curtain, in front of the microphone. Stay tuned. This is Teton Sports Talk here on 89.1 KHOL. Hey, you want to hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, we are back here on 89.1 KHOL. It is Friday, and Teton Sports Talk is going to help you get a little bit closer to your weekend. Let me introduce the room. I'm your host, Massey Zeman. To my left, Adele Smith, producer, out from behind the curtain, in front of the mic. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Producer and choreographer. I feel like you always forget that part of my important role here. You mentioned it, and I read it on the resume when you initially applied, but (laughs) kind of got shuffled in the mix. Yeah. But we also have Todd over. Todd. Todd, wake up, Todd. Gosh, Todd, come on. Yeah, I know. So, uh, if Worst you co-worker. if you would like to manage that situation or produce <laughs> that situation, just let me know. Gotcha. Because is this a promotion? He Excellent. Is, someone knock on the glass. <laughs> that guy is asleep. He sleeps more than it. I'm actually a little worried about him. Todd, I'm your boss now. Ever since trainer stuffed him in that trunk for like a couple of days. He's been getting real loose on his performance. Yeah, he came out weaker than he went in. Yeah, I thought I was going to make him stronger. (laughs) Nothing, Todd, nothing. Don't even look at me. Stop that. He's got those beady eyes. Um, I also would like to make an announcement. I don't think we're – I don't want to throw a grenade in anybody's current situation or get them down. But we're running dangerously close out of football. Oh, gosh. I, we were we were off air and we were like, okay, so we have football and then you know what else? I was like, oh, uh, we have four teams to talk about. Left. Um, yeah, left to talk about. I hear that Kyrie is is mouthing off, um, and I got to go back into the NBA and get deep into their drama. Right, and the into NBA college headlines. basketball. Who's watching college basketball right now? I know that Duke lost. I mean, I, mean, I, I might I might have watched three or four college basketball games this week. <laughs> But who, what normal person right. would watch? Thank I think, you. What, who's ranked number one right now? Butler? Uh, or Gonzaga. Baylor? I mean, the okay, teams so that are in the top five, five are laughable right now. There was three top ten upsets this week, and it was and it's Thursday. Right. So Duke, somebody, somebody, uh, Duke, Auburn, and Duke, mainly Duke. My, mainly Duke, my, my point is Duke is losing to unranked teams and Stephen F. Austin and Clemson, I believe. You think this? Sh- you think these? It's because of the way teams are coaching. They start off strong. The start of the season, working on defense. They end working on shooting. 
going into the Maybe. tournament? You think this is the way coaches are doing it now of the top elite programs, or you think that they're more better athletes at smaller schools? Like, what's going so on? So, I've here? had a long standing theory, and everyone's saying that basketball is going down the drain. Not everyone. Don't, don't let me make that headline up and then refute it. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's about a tip, by the way, is if you're ever in an argument and you're the only one iterating the argument, you can just make up some other person's viewpoint and then crush it. Mm-hmm. Really good at podcasts. <laughs> really? Radio hosts are like, you know what everyone's <laughs> saying? They're saying the exact opposite of what I'm about to tell you and I'm about to crush those hypothetical people. In reality, it's one person on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. In 2017. Yeah. Um, so let me refute somebody's 2016 tweet. Um, they are. There is an argument out there that college basketball is is getting worse, and that's why teams are beating up on each other. There's no club, top. What am I trying to say? Tier teams anymore. My argument is different. Is that basketball has turned into a lot like European soccer, where these kids are getting into. In European soccer, the kids get into. Well, it's more like camps they get into like arsenal's camps or whatever from their 13 and they just all they do is eat sleep drink soccer in america is the aau system and the aau system is allowing kids at an earlier age go up against more gifted kids and have a better structure coaching wise and they're able to play they're able to put top tier talent against top tier talent even if it's in the eighth grade earlier age yeah right. so you don't have to be the best person at you know, yada, 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 middle school and get noticed anymore. That best player of that middle school team plus the best player of other middle school team join forces. They create a team. They start traveling. Thus, the best middle schoolers from Alabama will play the best middle yeah. schoolers from Mississippi and Tennessee, and that team will travel. So they're just getting more, they're getting exposed to basketball more at an earlier age and thus producing more athletes. Thus, college basketball is getting more saturated right. with athletes. More competitive across the board as opposed yeah. to just when you come out of high school from, you know, the middle of nowhere, there's only, you know, a, a few stars that go to a few star programs. Now you're saying that there's more talented yes. athletes spread out among a wider the pool is deeper. pool of colleges. The pool is deeper and it's easier to, easier to recruit because you're going to AAU gyms right. where all the hot shots are instead of having to travel to Podunkville, Podunkville High School, playing some other Podunkville. Right. And how do you know if that kid's even good? Maybe it would. Maybe it's, for instance, a guy named Gerald Wallace out of Childersburg, Alabama, looked Dominant. really good against a bunch of scrubs that were playing basketball in Alabama. <laughs> so it's hard to Prep tell. Prep school white guys didn't yeah. do so well against him. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where the system is set up to make yourself to make itself more competitive, and so that's what we're seeing, and that's why Duke loses. And and the spreading out probably too the age of the internet, you can get your highlight tapes in more places. There's more opportunities. There's more selection. The kids get to choose more where they want to go than they. There's more than just three feeder schools. Correct. They know because their highlight videos are going to get out no matter what. They can go to these smaller programs and be more of a star. And yeah, that's a good point. I, I watch an incredible amount of high school basketball plays on Instagram. I have no idea who those kids are. Some <laughs> random highlight feed is feeding me some poor little kid getting dunked on 
and it's awesome. Targeting like, advertisement yeah, from Matthew's working like, completely. Like, whatever algorithm is feeding me this, keep feeding it to me, baby. <laughs> like away. I love it. Oh, that's great. Half court buzzer beater in some gym in middle of Kansas. Bring it. When are they getting rid of the one and done? Is that this year? Is that next year? Have they started talking about this? Yeah, I thought they were getting rid of that rule altogether. So then there's going to be a recruiting or a draft class soon. This is how unknowledgeable I am. Maybe this is, maybe this is. Well, let's go there. Let's hypothetically. responding to a Twitter debate in 2016. <laughs> but <laughs> I swear it's coming down the pipe. The one and done rule is so funny because it sets some sort of social status. And I don't mean social status, but I kind of do because I don't know what else to call it. It sets some sort of status where you were, the player was perceived as lesser of a player if he didn't come out after freshman year. If he didn't. It, it, if he didn't get the label one and done, they said, right. oh, you must be not the, be that good. If you came out after your sophomore season, you didn't quite have the hype of a one and done. Right. And so a lot of kids fell into that trap, whereas there wasn't any pressure when you just put it put it out there, hey, you can get drafted at 18. Coming out at a high school age is so hard that you are something special. You are LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant – first ballot hall of famers this takes me back to my point the same thing it's like i'm more of a fan of hands off if you're good enough to go to the nba at 19 years old out of high school then you should go it's gonna weed out those players that can't go and yeah no no i wasn't making this up adam silver nba commissioner says days of one and done players will soon be over good because it was silly that, yeah. that was just one of those one of those rules that 2020 no one really draft could... probably will allow the best high school players to jump straight into the NBA. Okay, so, great, because there's there's gonna be that's it's just gonna balance itself out. Right. It's if if great now the example G, now the G League Brogdon, is really thing. Brogdon would yeah. not have made it out of high school in the NBA, and now he is a top one of the rookies of the year. What is he this, was a couple years ago? He was a rookie of the year, and he just he was on the Bucks. They couldn't afford him anymore, and he got paid. $40 million by the Pacers? Four years developed physically, developed mentally. It's better for these players that are not going to make any money to go to college for four years, develop. And I mean, I think this argument is everyone agrees. But also, like, you, you can. the NCAA. <laughs> except for that tweet that I read a while ago. That <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have Twitter, so it must have been a big tweet. Right. Um, all right. Let's do it. Let's talk about the weaning hours of football. By the way, <sighs> there are some things so I'd, like to, I'd like to just mention and allow people to do their own research. But if you haven't seen Antonio Brown's mental breakdown on Instagram. Oh my word. It's noteworthy. It it's it's shocking. No, I mean shocking is not the right word. It's, it's alarming. Kind of sh- it, okay. It maybe shocking is not the right word. Alarming is the right word. And then what his agent, well known agent that can handle the craziest of all players, fires him saying he needs help. I mean Drew obviously Ross and Ho- Drew Ross and Haas. Yeah, Rosenhaus. it's 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 sad to see wasted talent, but it's also at what point you need to help yourself. Also, a little homework that everyone needs to do. But I listened to a podcast about this. And by the way, there's a lot of podcasts getting made into movies for Netflix. For Here instance. you, Massey, this is our chance. I mean, here we are. All you talent agents listening out there, <laughs> dialing, tuning in your radio. Are any of you six listeners a talent agent? It's going to be really interesting for, to watch me may or may not be drinking beer while I'm recording this. Um, unconfirmed, because it is a podcast. 
That being said, the, uh, for instance, uh, don't mess with cats or don't F with cats. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen I've that heard now. that. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. I, I'll, I'll listen to it on podcasts. There's a lot of pod, uh, the Bundy tapes I've already listened to. Right. Yep. I, I'm on the road a lot, and my boss really likes messed up murder, so I, I tend to listen to this. But the Aaron Hernandez story that's coming out on Netflix. It's out. It is a lot of chatter I've, about I've it. I've listened. I listened to this podcast, and it was unbelievable. the The Netflix documentary has helped put it into a more uh, streamlined timeline. As as the public was made aware, the podcast kind of tried to follow the real timeline, and it kind of messed it messed with my head because I couldn't figure out what was figured out when. But this is figuring out. Hey. This is how the public knew who Aaron Hernandez was. And it turns out that Urban Meyer and Bill Belichick probably knew. Oh, of course they Tim did. Tim Tebow knew. So the, actually, Tom Brady and Tim Tebow, there's audio. They went back into uh, where they met at They knew at that he midfield. was a psycho or they knew that he was a murderer? No, they just knew he was troubled. Okay. That's, um, that's, so Aaron, that's Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez played <laughs> at Florida things. with Tim Tebow. Right. Under Tim Urban Te- Meyer. Yeah. Tim, Aaron Hernandez goes to the Patriots. Tim Tebow playing for the Broncos goes and meets Tom at half field. And Tim Tebow goes, Hey, have you kept your eye on Aaron? Aaron. And Tom goes, Yeah, he's difficult, but I'm doing my best. And he's like, Okay, thanks, buddy. And like that was their brief interaction. So people knew. Yeah. I mean, I think the signs are pretty obvious. He was a total psychopath, but. Hey, what well, he wasn't. But it's also vacuum up, vacuuming that, up kitties. Right. Well, that's true. It wasn't that clear. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So. Um. So uh, anyway, our we've... footnotes, our, our footnotes have really been really good for the last fifteen minutes. Maybe we'll get onto a pertinent subject matter: AFC NFC Championship. Let's talk. I don't know. I don't know where to start, but let's let's start in the AFC with the Titans at Kansas City. And I know it's in Kansas City, but it might be Derrick Henry weather because the high is going to be 23 degrees. And getting hit by Derrick Henry at anything below 75 degrees is going to hurt no matter what. So if it's at below sub-zero temperatures or, excuse me, 32 degrees and lower, that's going to hurt. You think the the hype that's around him and the pure swag that he has coming into the arena makes people want to tackle him a little bit less? It's like they're kind of justified, you know. They're like, "Ugh, it hurts." Like, look at so that. This has been a long season. I can't. Who's going to stop him? Clearly not me. His white trench coat down to his calves with his oh, sweet fire. white turtle turtleneck and his cool hat. Man, I mean, this is the swaggiest looking, like, styliest looking NFL player I've and, seen in a while. And Titans might be the most. They're definitely the most boring team left. They don't. They're not flashy. They will run the ball so much down your throat that Ryan Tannehill will go 7 of 10 for 82 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Derrick Henry had more rushing yards and running yards than Tannehill had in like the last three games combined, passing or something. Something crazy like that. I don't know if that's true. Don't quote me again. And I think but, I think it's worth But they're they've got flair now. They've got Derrick Henry now. There's that's this is the flair that the Titans have been looking for. They've been I mean, they've got a coach that's clearly willing to Risk it all yeah. for uh, a Super red, Bowl. Red alert for Mike Vrabel. <laughs> yeah, they've kind of turned, uh, I feel like they've become America's team. I mean, maybe that's just because I am rooting for the Titans, but that's how I feel. I don't know. I feel like it's, they've got It's kind of funny. It, it really is kind of like, wait a minute, who are these guys? They beat the Patriots. Everyone loves watching the Patriots lose. They surprised everyone in beating the Ravens, right. the best team in the NFL, arguably. And now it's 
they're hard not to root for because they are doing it so unconventionally. If you look at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they have an air raid offense. Patrick Mahomes, I think it's man coverage. His receivers average getting open by three yards. Like no one can guard the fastest. I mean, they have it from tight end from Kelsey to anyway, the list goes on. Point being point being is that the Titans are probably going to play zone uh, make make Mahomes do some reads, and they they have a chance. They do. It's weird. They've kind of come out of nowhere too. Once they benched Marcus Mariota, which was you know the star out of Oregon, the Heisman Trophy winner, right. and he's stunk for his whole Years. career. And but... then they brought in Ryan Tannehill, who they were you know people were laughing at this. QB young, very young. He's he's only been playing QB since. Senior year in college or something. Right. They say, what is it, a six-year bump in the NFL, and then that's when you become good at quarterback? Yeah, I think he's been there like eight <laughs> or nine years. But again, he's been he's QB right. young. He, he's only been playing for so long. Totally. And now they have, uh, what, 87 completion rate in the red zone since Tannehill came in. They've been – Derrick Henry is outperforming his last two-year stats combined in the like second half of the season. It's just kind of – they've come – they're on a hot streak, and it's tough to deny. You never leave the table when you're on a heater. And That's they're a on great, a heater. They're on a heater. So uh, I'm not even sure how much points uh, the point spread is. I do know there is one thing about the Titans. It's seven. Given to who? Kansas City by Kansas seven? Kansas City. Um, something very interesting about the Titans is that their field goal kicker hasn't kicked a field goal since week 10 or something. Oh yeah, they, because they always go over fourth down conversion. I think I was wrong on that. They're, they're, Vegas is saying that the Chiefs are going to win by seven. I'm not up on my gambling lingo, so that's giving oh. the Titans seven points. Right? Seven points. You know what? I'm just going to take. I'm just going to take the Titans straight up. Uh, t- oh, I'm, t- I'm going to take not? the Titans by fourteen. Never leave the table when you're on, <laughs> on a, heater. a heater. Titans by fourteen. I'm taking the Titans by fourteen. I like it. You can quote I me on like that, it. America. Mike Rabel. <laughs> I mean, he's if willing man, to risk it all. Risk it all. If you don't know what you're talking about, just Google Mike Rabel and his Quote willingness. Quote about what he would give up to win the Super Bowl. And all is in caps. <laughs> yeah. So let's Risking switch it all. over to this is this NFC championship is there's going to be so much good. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like old footage, right? Like 49ers old footage of Steve Young Classic. and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, and there's gonna be old footage of whoever's played for the Green Bay Packers in the last decade, Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers, notable? No. Aaron Rodgers is so easily hateable. Is it because of his face? What is it about him that's so easily he's it, you know, it's a I combination about, okay. of smugness mm-hmm. and like he thinks content, it's contempt when he's talking to the media and it's all of the above. He's all right, this might be it. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that doesn't that thinks he's funny but doesn't realize everyone in the room is laughing because he's like the quarterback and they want to be on his good side because right. he's petty enough not to throw you the ball if he's on your bad side. So he'll be like, hey, what about like, he'll make some really corny joke at the water cooler. And right. because he's Aaron Rodgers, he's like the boss. People are like, yeah, yeah, Aaron. And he walks away and be like, man, I'm going to hate that guy. I-, I question his style too with his long sleeve white tee under his jersey. I don't mind like an Under Armour long sleeve white tee, but he's got on like a baggy, like, like a cotton t shirt. Co- it's, it's a weird look. 
I just, I don't know. Can't win, can't win wearing cotton. That's no, all. I, I, I cotton, think it's a rule. Kills. I think that's a rule. You yeah. Know? It's a good thing they're playing in San Francisco where the weather is going to vary between 59 and 58 degrees because that's could be San challenging. Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. I, and also, I'm trying really hard to like Danica Patrick. I appreciate that she's a female. This is Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend that y'all probably don't even care about. But like, and it has taste in women. I don't she's, know. She's, she's a sports. Kinda, she's a little cheesy. She's a little cheesy. She's very small. She, I mean, he dated Olivia Palermo. Probably is that her last? I don't. I can't remember her last name. Whatever oh, the girl yeah. is from newsroom is like probably the hottest girl in the world. And then Olivia. I can't remember. Mon Mon. I don't know whatever her name is. But anyway, <laughs> and then then he goes to Danica Patrick, who I'm like, she's a little cheesy. But I don't know. There's a, th- there's a theory out there that uh, Aaron Rodgers broke. I've heard that. And is, is money grabbing off Danica Patrick. So. Yeah, she's a she's doing well for herself. Um, what's funny, Aaron Aaron Rodgers has a very checkered personal history. Uh, I just he's very hateable. On the flip side, Jimmy Garoppolo, likable guy, very likable guy, handsome, handsome, charming. Uh, doesn't checker past doesn't feel like doesn't feel like he's overstepping himself. You know, he's he's Mike Shanahan's in control. His running game uh, has to complement his passing game. It just just seems like Jimmy Garoppolo seem seems like a nice guy. I yeah. mean, next thing you know, he's running a sweatshop producing <laughs> counterfeit <laughs> Apple watches or something. But who knows? It is San Francisco. At, at, the, at this point, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, I have a, also, I have a soft they, spot for. They, sorry, go ahead. I have a soft spot for San Francisco since they beat the Saints and the Saints didn't do so well in the playoffs. But uh, it, it it makes me when they beat the Saints to get the number one seed and drop the Saints to the three seed. I was like, okay, well, if I have to, I'll I at least respect you. Uh, didn't San Francisco crush Green Bay too? Haven't they already played this year? And it was like a blowout. Yeah, probably. I can't remember. I can't remember the score either. Clearly, but, we're uh, up on our stats for NFL. I can't wait for the NBA to start. No, Chiefs and Titans did play. They were 35-32. It was close. It was a good game. It was before the Chiefs didn't look great. The Titans looked. You're talking, Oh, you're back at Chiefs-Titans. Chiefs and Titans. But then the 49ers in Green Bay. 49ers wax Green Bay. They have some sort of running game with three running backs, and it's just really hard to keep up with who is doing what. The starting running back actually – was homeless at one point. Like he has some sort of crazy story <laughs> where he didn't play football for a while, tore both the ACLs, lost an arm, grew it back. Like just some wild story to become an NFL running back. So and I wish I wish I could remember. So who are you was. who who are you gonna put your money on? Um I think the people of California will not be too busy on Sunday doing whatever you do in California. Those yuppies in California, I think it's so great. We live in the tech capital of the world. Congratulations. <laughs> get to the football game, get drunk in the parking lot, and start yelling cuss words to the Green Bay Packers because that's what being a football fan is. I think they're going to show up for this game. They should. It's the NFC Championship. SF, I mean, the weather's fine. I feel like people, I, just, I don't know. I just feel like Shanahan has such control over the opposing coach's brain that Shanahan will win because he's a better coach. How about that? That's a roundabout way for me picking the 49ers. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick. Don't pick the Death Star. If I put my, uh, you know, I don't know. As, as much as like Aaron Rodgers bothers me, he also has that like intangible. You know, he's got a little flick of his wrist and he can. 
they're down, you give it to Aaron Rodgers. He can throw freaking lightning bombs out of the sky in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I hate that about him. He's got big moments. He's got he's been playing well this year. He's been scrambling, which he hasn't done in years. He's feeling good. He's not looking terrible, which he's looking pretty good. I mean, okay. he's it's easy to trash him, but I don't like how casual he is attempting to make playing NFL quarterback looks occasionally. I'm talking about maybe a handful of plays where he's casually getting outside the pocket and like maybe throw it out of bounds or maybe try to get cued and dunk, dunk it down. I don't know. I'm looking for any reason to hate Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's easily hateable, but the problem is that he's just good. All right. A lot. So you're picking Green Bay. I'm going to pick Green Bay on this. Wrong. I know, it's probably wrong, but wrong. whatever. Sports fans, that is all the time we had. Thank you for tuning in. I'd also like to thank my sister, Adele Smith, producer of your favorite sports podcast, Teton Sports Talk, for coming in, getting in front of the mic when Graham Trainer is on vacation. Gosh, Sound the about, should we rename him Vacation Graham? Because I, I mean, think he's he on a be, lot of vacations. His vacation realm is always somewhere sunny and tropical. Right. I mean, he's got to keep up his tan. It's his whole image. It's it's a big part of his image. Big part. Um, He most definitely has gotten past his first sunburn of the trip. I, this trip is a little less documented than his usual trips. Right. But I'm assuming he's on to sunburn number two, which with his skin type is a nice, nice crisp brown. <laughs> yeah. No, he got his base tan back in like 99. He's just been working <laughs> up since then. Yeah, he's just been layering, <laughs> layering it on. What's it funny on. is he lives in Wyoming, which is the <laughs> hardest place to tan, but he's still maintained. I used to spring break in college with Graham. He's he's known to lather on some baby oil and some get out there with this sun reflector. Get that tan on. <laughs> that's, that's such a random thing. I used to spring, yeah. Oh, I know, Graham. I used to spring break with him back in the... <laughs> Back in the early aughts. You see how you spring break as a verb there. That's college for you. There you go. Sports <laughs> fans, this is Teton Sports Talk. Download our podcast. We have our own platform under Teton Sports Talk. It has TST. Download, subscribe, leave a message, five stars. It's been a pleasure. Should we talk about uh, Gardner Minshew at all? Gardner Minshew, I'm still looking... I'm We're sorry not. about the nudes, okay? But get over it. I love you. We want you here. We want you here, Gardner Minshew. If you somehow pick up this obscure radio station somewhere in deep in Idaho, where the heck you are. Stop ignoring my DMs, Gardner. We need you on T Don's Yes. Talk. All right. There's been actually I've ever tried to I've reached out. I've definitely reached Everyone out. Everyone reach out to Gardner Minshew, try to get him on the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's it. Have a good weekend.